So today we're going to continue on. Now, these sermons are, of course, instructional in the text of the scriptures, but they're also serving a secondary purpose of helping us get ready to be the church that Jesus came to plant. And how are we the church that Jesus came to plant? Through the Holy Spirit, with Jesus as our head, but also by just looking at the church that Jesus did plant in the book of Acts and seeing what we can learn from that. Now, in each of these sermons, there's going to be a re-word, a R-E, and then, you know, the rest of the word that will just remind us of, see there, remind us, that will remind us uh, of what it is that we're attempting to do in that particular week to get ready for re-launching. So here's our word for today. Uh, it's not found in Acts one twelve, but you'll see the idea in Acts one twelve. Let me read this verse for you. Then they returned, the word is not returned, it's tricky, I know. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. They returned and they regrouped. And so here's our reword for the day, regroup. We're regrouping, or uh, if we want to use a word that isn't really a word, we're reteaming. We're reteaming, we're regrouping. And so what we're gonna talk about today is the necessity and the importance of teams in the context of ministry. Ministry is not an individual sport. We don't see that in the context of scripture. The church that Jesus came to plant was never meant to be just a bunch of individuals doing their own thing. It's a team effort. And so we're going to see that all the way through this text this morning. You got to have a full team. So the after Jesus ascended into heaven, the uh, disciples, the 11 of them, went back and they regrouped. And we're going to see in this story that they realized we're one team member short. We need a full team. Team. We need a full team. And so they took some efforts uh, in order to fulfill or, or to fill out their entire team. And so we're going to look at that this morning with this idea that we need to have a full team if we're going to accomplish what God has called us to accomplish and if we're going to be the church that Jesus came to plant. So Acts 1, 12, they returned. And uh, they why did they return to Jerusalem? Well, they returned because Jesus told them to return there. So let me give you our first principle for the, the day. Team principle number one is this. Good teams go where Jesus tell us to go or go where Jesus tell them, them to go. And so that's what a good team does. And so all of our teams uh, in, here at Redemption, what is our job? It's to go where Jesus tells us to go. We talked about this last week, right? The church that Jesus came to plant has Jesus as the head of the church and has the Holy Spirit as the power in the church. Now, our church is filled with teams like any good church should be. We have an elder team, uh, Tom, Frank, and I. Uh, some of you might not know those names. You'll get to meet them eventually because uh, you've just been joining us online, so you haven't seen them in person, but that's our elder team. We have a staff team, and then we have all sorts of teams that make up our church Ministry. You say, well, where did this word ministry come from? Well, you'll see that here in this in the text. We like to use words that came out of the Bible. And so the word elder came out of the Bible. Uh, the word ministry comes out of the Bible. And so that's why we use those words. We have all bunch of different teams that we participate in. Now, good teams go where Jesus tells us to go. What does that mean for us as a church? Um, let's take this whole, where are we going to meet when we're allowed to meet, or we are allowed to meet right now, but when we do meet again, where are we going to go? How do we decide that? Well, we decided as a team. 
And so here's what you can be assured of. I don't make decisions like this on my own. I don't just wake up someday and say, I think we should do this as a church. That's not the context that we see in scripture. These decisions are made as a team. So Tom, Frank, and I as our elder team, our staff team, we get together, we talk, we think, we pray, we seek God's guidance, and then we make decisions. We make team decisions. It means when you join a team, and today I'm just gonna be really clear, I'm gonna ask every single one of you to join a team today, to be a part, to play your part, your role in the ministry of this church. Why? Because we wanna see all people experience redemption and live in freedom. That's our mission, to help all people experience redemption and live in freedom. See, when we say we're relaunching, we're not throwing out our past. We love our past. We have four years as a church. Uh, actually, like this week almost is four weeks or uh, four years as a church, and we're building on our past. We're not throwing it out. We're relaunching. We're we're taking what good has happened, and we're moving in to the future now and what God wants to do. And I'm going to ask every one of you to join a team, to get a part and to be a part of the team. And when you do, how are you and your team leader going to know where to go? Jesus is going to lead it. You're going to follow Christ in his, in your team. Now, this should all rest, uh, help us uh, feel confident in the direction of our church because we know that Jesus is in charge of it. It should make us feel confident in the direction of kids ministry or youth ministry or whatever else. Why? Because Jesus is in charge of it. And our job is to humbly submit ourselves to Jesus as he leads good teams, godly teams, go where Jesus tells them to go. Next verse in verse 13. And when they had entered, they went up to the upper room where they were staying. Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus and Simon the zealot and Judas the son of James. Not that Judas, it was a different Judas. We'll talk about the other Judas in a moment. Team principle number two is this, who and how many matters? Who and how many matters? Who is on the team matters. If I asked you to help me move and I told you I had a really big house and lots of stuff, you would ask, well, who else is gonna be there? And if you showed up and it was Reagan and one of her friends, Reagan is three, and one of her friends who was also three, you would say, this is a bad moving team. They can't move anything. If you showed up and it was Caden and 19 of his friends just like him, that would be a really good moving team. Who and how many matters. And that's why throughout the book of Acts, you're going to see constant references to numbers and specific people, because who and how many matters. We just got done with our singing. Who sings matters. I don't sing because who sings matters. How many people on stage at times can matter, right? The fact that we have a drummer matters. Who and how many matters. And this is true of every single one of our teams. That's why when they're going through the list here, they list all of these guys by names. These are 11 guys who were well-trained in Jesus. They had spent a lot of time with Christ. That's why they list them. They're saying, we're not just starting this with 11 random guys. These are 11 guys who have committed their lives to Christ, who have shown faithfulness for three years. Now they're going to add other people to the team and they're going to train those people up, but who and how many matters. And when it comes to the context of the teams in our church, who and how many matters? 
You say, well, how many? What do you mean by that? Well, uh, we have a lot of pregnant women in our church, which means our nursery is going to be very big uh, in the next couple of months. I promise you that those nursery volunteers will tell you how many people are on that team matters. Because there's a big difference between one volunteer and six babies and three volunteers and four babies. Who and how many matters? You might be the who that a team needs to be able to be as effective as it needs to be. Whether it's our environment team or our kids team, you might be the exact who that is going to matter for that team. You might be the um, how many more are needed. We, uh, maybe there's a team that's short right now uh, in the amount of people on their team and you being on it is what takes the team to the next level. Who and how many matters. Now, I told you, these sermons are going to be very practical. So let me tell you about the four teams that we have here as a church, the four teams. Uh, First team that we have as a church is our environment team, our environment team. Let me tell you the mission of our environment team. The environment team exists to connect with attenders and help create an inviting and friendly experience before and after service. Do you remember the first time you walked into a church and it, the energy just felt incredible? Hopefully one of those times was at redemption. And you walked in and you just said, man, people here care about me. People here are friendly. People here are excited to be here. The environment team exists to look at the entire space uh, and to look at each person who comes in and to create in a, an environment for them where they say, I want to be here. Which means if you don't want to be there or you don't look like you want to be there, then it's probably going to be hard for you to make other people feel like they want to be there. The environment team is one of the the easiest but most important ways to help somebody feel connected to a body of Christ. You know, statistics say that people are going to decide whether or not they're going to go uh, to church even or go back to a church before they even hear the sermon. That that they're driving their walk-in, their experience with kids check-in, their experience in the lobby is going to dictate more whether or not they're going to come back than even when they hear the sermon. This is an important team, which means I could preach the best sermon of my life. And some people may have already decided they're not coming back or they don't want to be a part of our church because we didn't do a good job in the parking lot or the lobby. Who and how many matters? You know who matters because you love coming to church when we were meeting in person because of our amazing door greeters and they lifted up your spirit. Who and how many matters? Matters on our environment team. Matters on our worship team. Let's look at our worship team. Our worship team exists to create a simple but meaningful weekend service utilizing music, media, and other creative elements. We live in a creative world and being creative for Christ is important. But we also live in a creative world where we're constantly bombarded with media. And so sometimes we say simple is important. And so sometimes it's just a simple, beautiful song that'll speak to our hearts. And we're kind of intentionally simple. And then we're also intentionally creative at other times. And we want to take both of these different ideas and morph them into a service that um, draws people to Jesus. Doesn't draw people to a person or a a celebrity on stage. Doesn't just people make, uh, make people feel emotionally good. No, it draws people to Jesus. 
And I know you guys have said you love the worship at our church. And we have a great band and great worship leaders. And uh, Lindsay does an incredible job leading that team. And so some of you, or a couple of you out there, this might be the team for you. And there's a, a role that you get to play in ushering people into the presence of God through worship. And that's not just the band, it's the production and the whole thing. Another team we have is our kids team. The kids team exists to connect with kids and help create a fun and Jesus-centered environment for kids to love Jesus, enjoy church, and make friends. This morning, I told Reagan we were going over to um, her Bumpa and Susu's house. That's her, her grandparents. And uh, she was excited about that. And I said, you know, Reagan, do you know what day of the week it is? I said, it's church day. And then after I told her that, all she kept yelling was, I want to go to church. I want to go to church. And then she started crying because she wants to go to church. She misses her friends. She misses seeing people at church. The older Reagan gets, uh, the more personally, this gets important to me, that we have a kids ministry where every single kid wakes up Sunday morning, and says, I want to go to church. I want to see my friends. I want to learn about Jesus us and I want to go to church. And you might be the who or the how many needed to make sure that our kids ministry is loving and serving every single kid who shows up. Maybe say, I don't exactly know where to serve. I don't exactly know what to do. Well, then just get started. We'll help you. We'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, but some of you might be the uh, person who just simply wants to uh, hold a baby and, and to know how significant that is, uh, that when that mom drops off that child, uh, then they can go enjoy church and they don't have to worry because there's somebody there taking care of their kid. Who and how many matters. And so that's our kids team. Such an important part of our church. And then here's kind of a new team for us, our youth team. The youth team exists to connect with students in 6th through 12th grade and help them grow spiritually, make friends, and serve at Redemption Church. Why? Because students, this isn't just your parents' church, this is your church. And so our youth team is going to be people outside of high school uh, that want to connect with 6th through 12th grade students, mentor them, help grow them up spiritually, help us launch our youth service in the fall, a 6th through 12th grade service that includes music and prayer and teaching, and to be a part of that so that our students, our youth, have a place to go where they're going to hear a teaching relevant to their age group, right? And they're going to connect with people who are older than them, who we're going to point them to Jesus. And all of these teams work in tandem together as the redemption team to help people experience redemption and live in freedom. And so I want you to join a team. We'll get there more in a second. But um, team principle number one, teams go where Jesus tells them to go. Team principle number two, who and how many matters. Now, let me jump down to verse 16 real quick. Brothers, the scriptures had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke beforehand by the mouth of David concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. Let me tell you about Judas. He was a bad team player. You know, one bad team player can ruin a team. One bad team player on Jesus' team cost him his life. I know there's a lot more going on in that, but Judas was a bad team player. And in our teams, we want to have good team players. And so let me talk to you about what a good team player looks like. And so if you're going to be a part of uh, following Jesus, 
part of following Jesus is being a part of his church. Let's talk about what it means to be a good team player on a, a team for Jesus. Number one, a good team player is Jesus-centered. It's Jesus-centered. And to be Jesus-centered, it means this, that we remind ourselves we're here to help people grow in Christ. It actually takes a, let me take a step before that though. A, a good Jesus-centered um, team member or teammate is somebody who's pursuing Jesus on their own. This last week, I had a conversation with Jake. He's one of our staff members. And he was telling me about all of the Tim Keller podcasts that he's been listening to on the book of Job and about how it has just been changing his perspective on so much when it comes to suffering, when it comes to God's sovereignty. Jake is growing in Christ on his own. It has nothing to do with being here on Sunday morning. It has nothing to do with having to be in church. It's him pursuing Jesus on his own. Whatever team you're on, whether you're the person who's cleaning up when everybody leaves or you're on stage leading worship, being Jesus-centered in your own life is essential. That you're growing in Christ, that you're owning the morning, that you're spending time in prayer, that you're repenting of sin, uh, that you're growing in Christ on your own. See, our teams are best when our individuals are pursuing Jesus on their own, when you're Jesus-centered. And so maybe you've been a part of our team and you're just a part of the team because you think, oh, this is fun. It is fun, yes. But are you growing in Christ? Is your relationship with Jesus personal to yourself? Uh, good team members also Jesus-centered in this. They're flexible. Why? Because they have the mission in place. They know this isn't about them. They're focused because they know this is not about me just having fun. This is about me serving somebody else. And so a good team member uh, is there. And when they're in their spot, they're going, remember, this is about people growing up in Christ. It's not about the, uh, it's not about the perks of serving. It's not about, um, do I get a free breakfast if I get there early? It's not about all of these other silly things that sometimes volunteering can be about. It's about winning people to Jesus. And a good team member remembers that. Guys, what is this all about? It's about people growing up in Christ. Christ. Number two, a good team member um, values excellence or is excellent. They do their best with what God has given them. Uh, in 2 Chronicles 29, 11, this is one of my favorite little verses in scripture. It says, my sons, do not now be negligent. And what it was, was a prophet talking to the priest. And the prophet was telling the priest, you've been given a responsibility. Don't be negligent in it. And he goes on to explain their responsibilities. In, es in essence, what the, the prophet is saying to the priest is, do a good job. You're the one who's been given the responsibility. Now own your responsibility. Do your best. Paul says it this way in the New Testament. He says, I do everything as unto the Lord. In other words, I'm not gonna do something haphazardly. I'm going to do something with my best effort and my best attention. And so if you're gonna serve a child, serve them well. If you're gonna sing a song, sing it well. If you're going to be on a team, do it with excellence as unto God. We know that there's a difference between low and poor, or low and good quality. We know that there's a difference between oh, walking in when you're a new family and uh, trying to get checked in with your kids and it takes 47 minutes or it takes 30 seconds and it feels like these people were ready for somebody new. This stuff matters to new people. And so if we're gonna be a part of a team, we're gonna do it well. We're gonna do it well. Thirdly, um, third element of being a good team member is being relational. Being relational, knowing your team and knowing each other and investing in each other. Uh, we don't just serve. This is not just like military. Like we love each other. 
Recently, uh, well, recently, a couple months ago, Danae Kovacs took over our kids' ministry. And I remember early conversations with Danae when we were talking about our kids' team. And she said, what do you want from me? Like, what, what, what's the goal here? And I said, obviously, we want all of our kids to love Jesus and enjoy church and make friends. But I said, secondly, build a team. Build a team. Don't do kids' ministry alone. Build a team. And guess what Danae has done? She's built an awesome team because people like Danae and she connects with them and she cares about them and she's built a team. If you want a team, if you're looking for a team, join the kids team because you get to hang out with Danae. Having a team, ministry is not an individual sport. It's a team sport. And all of us are supposed to be on a team, each and every one of us. And so, um, and then these teams become relational. And relational means this. It means we're praying with each other. It means we're caring about each other. One of Danae's team members just had a child. And you know who watched that um, team member's other kids when she was having that child? Danae did. Why? Because she cares about her, because she loves her, because that's part of being on a team is knowing each other and serving each other and praying for each other. And part of being on a team is also encouraging each other to get better at our tasks and our job. It's coaching each other and saying, listen, you're really effective when you do this, but when you do this, you're not quite as uh, effective. And so if you do it this way, you're going to be even better and you're going to help people love Jesus even more. That's knowing each other and connecting with each other. It's realizing that we're all working together to help people experience redemption and live in freedom. Friends, this is the practical part of preparing to relaunch. This is what we're seeing here happening in the book of Acts as they're regrouping together. Now, what do teams do when they get together? Verse 14, verse 14 of Acts chapter one. All these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus and his brothers. And so the teams all got together. And uh, on June 23rd, we're going to have team cookouts. And this is for every single person to, to, um, to participate in who's a part of a team. And I hope everyone is a part of a team. And the cookouts, they're going to happen on June 23rd. And we're going to get together. And you say, well, when a team gets together, what does a godly team do when they get together? Well, verse 14 tells us the first thing they do. They pray together. They pray together. I've asked you last week, each of us who are part of Redemption Church, to consistently be praying for these three things, unity, evangelism, and the proper utilization of spiritual gifts. And so when your team gets together, what you could pray for is exactly that unity amongst our church, unity on your team, evangelism, and that your particular part of the church ministry would be used to advance the gospel and that you each would properly use your spiritual gifts to do the best you can for the advancement of the gospel. And so what do teams do together when they get together? They pray. The disciples were fervent in their prayer. All through the book of Acts, one of the most consistent things we see is the church that Jesus came to plant is a praying church, a praying church. You can almost go so far to say that if there is no prayer, if there is no fervent prayer, then it's not the church that Jesus came to plant because the church that Jesus planted prayed often. And if prayer, public prayer is uncomfortable for you or, or you don't see the importance of prayer, that's okay. You just need to mature in Christ. You'll get there. Prayer is an essential element of being the church that Jesus came to plant. And so teams pray together. That's what they do. Uh, verse 16 tells us what else they do. I read this verse already. 
Brothers, the scripture had to be fulfilled with the Holy Spirit spoke beforehand by the mouth of David concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus. They talk about what wasn't working, or in this case, they talk about who wasn't working, but you know, uh, they talk about what wasn't working. And so part of this relaunching as a church, we're using that language, is evaluating a bit of previously what was good and what was bad. What were the things in our teams uh, that weren't as good as they could be? And are we adult enough to sit down and evaluate ourselves so that we can do the best that we can do? And so teams are going to get together and your team is going to get together and you're going to say, okay, here's what was really good about our kids ministry, but here's what we can do better. Here's what was good about our environment team, but uh, here's what we can do better. Here's what wasn't working. That's what they did here. They got together and they're like, all right, Judas, not working. Not the best guy for the team. Let's find somebody else. Now, we're not going to do that with people, right? Uh, But we are going to do that with systems. We're going to do that with procedures. We're going to do that with, this is how we were operating. We're going to evaluate, and then we're going to say, now let's do it this way. And that's part of being a part of a godly team. Verse 17, what else do teams do when they get together? For he was numbered among us and was allotted his share in this ministry. I love that phrase, his share in this ministry. Each and every one of us have a share in the ministry. You wonder where that word ministry came from? Like, why do we always use that in church? Well, it came right there. The church that Jesus came to plant called themselves a ministry. And you have a share in the ministry. It means the ministry is not just one person. The ministry is a whole team. The ministry is not just reserved for a single person who thinks, I can do this all by myself. The ministry is to be shared, but it means it has to be shared with someone, and you, follower of Christ, are that someone. You have a share in the ministry. You play a role in that particular ministry being as effective as it can be. And this is what allows us to accomplish the mission of seeing people experience redemption and live in freedom. When you play your share. Let me say it this way too. Your share is needed regardless if you play it or not. Your share is essential regardless if you participate or not. Which means if if the church is to be as effective as it's supposed to be, it requires full participation in everyone playing their share. It doesn't mean we can't operate. It just means we'll never operate to the level of effectiveness that God has designed us to operate at. Because when God brings us together as a church family, he does so with the idea that each person is to play a role. Other thing that teams do when they get together, verse 21 and 22. So one of the men who have accompanied us during all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us beginning from the baptism of John until the day when he was taken up from us, one of these men must become with us a witness to his resurrection. They provide a solution. So that's what teams do when they get together. They come together and they say, they begin to dream and they say, okay, so this is what wasn't working. Judas wasn't working, so let's get somebody else. Okay, this isn't what, this was, is what was not working in ministry. This is what can work. And now this is where we're gonna go. And this is what we're gonna do. And we're going to accomplish it together. Friend, we should not be satisfied until we have the best kids ministry we can possibly have, until we have the best youth ministry we can possibly have, the best worship, the best environment, where anyone who walks in is going to say, this place is friendly, this place is clean, this place is awesome, I want to be a part of this. When every kid walks in, uh, they love what they experience, and they're also saying, I'm growing in Christ, where where students and youth uh, love being a part of our church. This is our collective goal and call as a body of Christ. 
And over the last few months, we've all gotten a chance to relax a little bit and to take a break. We, we, we've gotten like this refreshing period. But when we relaunch, um, break time is over. When we step back out and we're open and we're meeting together in person, now um, we've rested. Now it's time to work. And now it's time to come together. Now it's time to use your gift, right? Uh, and so even if you were in like church relaxation mode before COVID, you were in like, a, hey, I'm just kind of chilling out for a little while because I have some church hurt or I used to volunteer a lot in a church or I used to do this or I used to do that. Guess what? We all got four months off, vacation's over. It's time to go again. It's time to go again. So some of y'all, you need to dust your shoulders off a little bit, right? You, you need to take a deep breath and you need to get ready to re-engage because you have a gift and you're, the church, the church that Jesus came to plant needs you operating in your share of the ministry. And last thing, last thing that uh, teams do when they gather, look at the last line here of verse 22. One of these men must become with us a witness to his resurrection. You see how Peter wraps it all up at the end and he says, what is all of this about again? What is all of this team thing about? Why do we have a worship team, an environment team, a kids team, and a youth team? Why do we have an elder team and a staff team? Why do we have a prayer team and all these other teams? To be witnesses of his resurrection. What is all of this about for us as a church? We use this language to help all people experience redemption and live in freedom. That's what all of this is about. It's not to build an entity. It's not to make ourselves feel good. It's not just to make people feel glued to our church so they don't leave. It's to help people experience redemption and live in freedom. That's what all of this is about. And if you've been a part of church, when it's at its best, you have seen the value of a good team. If you've watched a kid walk into church who didn't want to be there, uh, wasn't excited uh, because their parents had drugged them to church that morning, but they walked out with a smile on their face and ran up to their parents and said, I want to come back here, then you know what a good team is all about. If you've uh, seen somebody walk into church and they just had a horrible week and you're wondering, why do I still serve and why should I be a part of a, uh, of a church? But they've walked in and they've had a horrible week and they're there and they're just kind of sitting there because they think they're supposed to be there or they're not even sure why they're there. But then all of a sudden somebody walks across the stage who's their favorite singer and sings out a song that they love and the goosebumps start building on their skin and they think this is a direct message from God, then you know know the value of a good team. And if you've seen somebody who's had previous church hurt or every church they walked into, they felt like they were ignored, but a greeter is intentional about learning their name and saying hi to them. And all of a sudden, somebody who feels completely undervalued and has felt like they've been rejected everywhere they go begins to sense love from God and another person, then you've seen the value of a good team. And if you've seen a student who grew up in the church, but they uh, never really made their relationship with Christ personal, but then all of a sudden they get into a vibrant youth ministry and they connect with somebody who's older than them and says the same things that their parents are saying, but all of a sudden it begins to make sense. And the kid who was walking down a path of rejecting their faith is now in love with Jesus and heads off to college on fire for Christ. Then you've seen the value of a good team. And good teams are built by Jesus-centered followers of Christ 
who are doing the best they can connecting with each other and know that they have a role to play. And friends, you're it. We're it. No one's coming in to rescue us and sending us teams. We are the team. You are the team. So let me give you a prep points for the week. Number one, keep praying. Pray for unity. Pray for evangelism. And pray for the use of spiritual gifts. Keep praying. We're going to keep praying these three things until we relaunch because teams pray together. Number two, join a team. Join a team. Some of you are like, I was already on a team. I don't care. Join the team again. Rejoin the team. There's a reword. Rejoin. Rejoin the team. And so here's a link for you. Experienceredemption.com. And right now I know all of you are holding your phones. So this is good. Experienceredemption.com slash teams. Experienceredemption.com slash teams. You got to put the slash and the teams in there. Okay. Go right now to that site and fill out the form during this last song. Join a team. Why? Because the church that Jesus came to plant is a team, a group of teams working together to accomplish the mission. And the third, uh, third part of our uh, prep steps today is attend your team cookout. And so on June 23rd at 6.30, your team will have a team cookout. Uh, where? To be determined, we'll let you know on all of those locations beginning this week, but just plan on being somewhere with your team outside, celebrating Jesus, growing as a team, connecting each other for, with each other for the purpose of helping all people experience redemption and live in freedom. Is today's message, message simple? Yes, it is. It's right from the book of Acts. It's what they knew they needed to do in order to be effective as the church that Jesus came to plant. And it's what we need to do to be effective as the church that Jesus came to plant. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you'd like to take a next step with Redemption Church, visit us online at experienceredemption.com slash connect card. You can also give online to support the work of Redemption Church. To explore your giving options, visit experienceredemption.com slash give online. We hope that the message you heard today encouraged you. See you again soon.